Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Hope you've had an opportunity to get out and work with your dog, and I hope you've enjoyed the last few episodes. Last week, we started talking about what questions you need to ask yourself before bringing another dog into your home or bringing a new dog into your home. Maybe you don't have any dogs and you're ready for that companion, or maybe you already have a few four-legged friends in the house and you're just looking to add one. We want to make sure that we give you the information that you need to pick the right dog for you, whether it is a full-blooded dog or maybe it's a rescue with many different breeds mixed in. Either way, you want to make sure that you pick the right breed for you. Uh, You know, if you have a mixed uh, rescue dog, you're going to want to look at what the majority of that dog is. You know, is it if it's a pit bull um, Jack Russell mix? Well, we need to see how much pit bull is in that dog versus how much Jack Russell is in that dog because you're going to get a couple of different things coming out of that. So it's really just looking at it and, and looking at your lifestyle and, and deciding what is best for me. You know, what is best for my um, everyday situation? You know, do I work long hours? Uh, do I make up for that on the weekends and I stay outside all weekend and I want a dog to follow, you know, me with that? What exactly is it that you're looking for in a dog? So we are going to cover the next few episodes. We're going to talk about um, breeds and we're going to talk about the different groups that these dogs fit in. Now, we're just going to take the information from the AKC and we're just going to focus mostly on dogs that are here in the United States. But there are uh, different little specific things we want to talk about Uh, Not just about the grouping itself, but the specific traits of some of the most popular dogs out there. Uh, Because we want you to pick the right dog for you. Uh, Today we're going to talk about the herding and the hound group. Now the herding group was once um, part of the working group and then they switched them into the herding group because their job is mostly about herding. In other words, they have a real good ability to control the movement of other animals. Now, the majority of the people that get a lot of these dogs do not work on a farm, do not have a farm, and do not have animals that need to be moved, such as cows. Now, you might, and you might use this breed or this, uh, these breed specifics uh, to handle your farm, which is fantastic because that's what these dogs are bred to do. But unfortunately, the majority of these dogs uh, that are being put in pet homes they're not getting an opportunity to use that skill. And when they are using the skill, it's typically towards their owners 
or towards the children of the home when they're running around the backyard and playing. Uh, you'll see a lot of the nipping at the heels. Um, they're a really mouthy breed because that's what they use is their mouth as part of their job. So you need to understand that before you go looking uh, for one of those dogs that have those traits. And some of those dogs that um, are most popular really are your um, Australian cattle dogs, also known as the Blue Healer. Uh, those dogs are very, very smart. Uh, they're very alert. They're curious about their environment. Um, and they are a very high arousal breed. They're going to go zero to 60 very quickly. Um, your Australian Shepherd, uh, these guys are also um, very smart. Um, they are work-oriented. They love to do things. They love to have a job. They're very exuberant. Uh, they need to have a job. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to have them necessarily hurting things, uh, hurting animals, hurting your kids, but you need to find a way to give them an outlet for that need. Uh, your Belgian Malinois, they're starting to get a little more popular. I really don't recommend these dogs as pets. Um, they are a very strong breed. They are very determined. Uh, they're very confident, super smart, and they will go, go, go. This is why a lot of police departments are starting to use them um, instead of the German Shepherd. Now, the German Shepherds are also part of the herding breed or the herding group, uh, but unfortunately, our breeding of German Shepherds have really gone downhill in the last decade or so. Uh, and this is why a lot of departments are leaning towards the Bel Belgian Malinois. Not to mention that they are a little bit smaller, uh, which I think would make it a little bit easier uh, doing some of the things that they have to do in law enforcement. Uh, so I don't recommend a Belgian Malinois unless you're going to work this dog in search and rescue, maybe agility. Uh, fly ball could be a possibility for that. Um, they're just not meant for um, inexperienced uh, handlers. They're not meant for inexperienced owners, and I highly don't recommend them just as a pet. Uh, you really want to plan on doing something with them. Uh, the Border Collie, uh, we have a Border Collie mix ourselves, and if I'd known that's what she was going to be when we rescued her, I'm not sure I would have taken that on uh, because she is very high energy, she's super smart, uh, and she just needs to do things on a regular basis. Um, and having all of that energy, I don't really have the time to devote to, to meeting those needs. Uh, so Brittany really has to step up and, and really do more of the work with her because of that level of energy. Uh, they're super affectionate, and she is super affectionate, um, but she is definitely very different than what I've had in the past. Um, so you have to look at the border collars are beautiful, and uh, they are so smart, uh, but you just have to make sure you're not an inexperienced owner. Uh, I wouldn't get them just for the looks. You definitely want to have uh, some plans for them, whether it's hiking or agility. Again, they're great for things like that. Um, or maybe you can find a farm around to where uh, you can do a little bit of herding. Uh, I know that there have been some places that would allow you to bring your dog to do a little herding and show you some things um, but there are other ways that you can kind of meet some of those needs and uh, the corgi is another one so I see a lot of corgis you have your Welsh you have your Pembroke but your corgis believe it or not 
you know, these guys are herding dogs, and they were meant to nip at those cows and, and get them where they needed to go. Corgis are cute. They make some of the cutest puppies. But people really struggle when they get them because they're mouthy, and they will nip at your heels, and they will chase your children. So if you're looking for a small dog uh, to go with your family, this may not be the right fit for you. Uh, even the corgi mixes, you really have to look at that. They are super cute. Uh, but are you able to meet their needs? Are you experienced enough to deal with the problems that could arise, um, you know, with having them? Again, if you're prepared, you know, you can take these these dogs on. But I really want you to understand that just because a dog is cute and just because a dog is, you know, your neighbor has that dog down the street and they're just awesome and they're so well trained, doesn't necessarily mean it's the right dog for you. Um, you know, because you might have some, you know, time limits. You may not be very outdoorsy. Maybe you're not very athletic. If you're not athletic, I probably would not recommend a herding breed for you. And this includes the German Shepherd, right? I see so many people with German Shepherds, and they don't have the lifestyle to match what a German Shepherd needs. These dogs are herding. Um, they can also be very protective. Uh, and I've seen a lot of them that come out with a lot of fear and anxiety because they're not getting their needs met. Their needs met. Uh, so you have to be careful. German Shepherds are beautiful. But you have to understand still that they need work and they need training. They need exercise. They need mental stimulation. They need a way to meet those natural traits that they have. So be very careful uh, if you're deciding to go that route. Um, another one that I'm starting to see actually quite a few of, uh, and I'm honestly kind of a little surprised, is the Old English Sheepdog. We're starting to see quite a few Old English Sheepdogs getting into our group classes. And I guess I'm surprised because these dogs are very much a herding breed, and they're, they've not been bred as much for pets. And so you're not really getting... Uh, that trait worked out of them as much. Uh, so they're really going to be stuck to more of their instinct. Um, and they're, again, very mouthy. Uh, they can also be very stubborn, um, which, well, most of these breeds can. And, and I like the word stubborn. A lot of, I've heard a lot of trainers don't like it. Um, what I mean by that is that they have tenacity. They're going to just keep trying at something, which is fantastic. Um, if you want a dog that can pretty much learn anything. Uh, but the Old English Sheepdogs I also see, they can be, be a little aloof. Uh, they can kind of be more independent. So you'll want to kind of watch them if you're looking at getting that, not to mention all the hair um, and all the grooming that would need to take place. They are cute puppies. They make really pretty dogs. But again, I don't necessarily think that they're best bet um, and choice for a lot of these families that are getting them. Um, and then the last one that I want to talk about is the Sheltie. Uh, you know, these are your small little collies. That's what most people think of them as. Uh, I don't see many collies these days. Uh, they seem to have kind of go, gone down in popularity. But the Sheltie, we do see quite a few Shelties. And Shelties, again, are very mouthy. They're very vocal. Um, again, you've got a lot of hair with them as well. Um, but they have a lot of, a lot of punch to them. And, and even though they're small and they're cute... Uh, they definitely need a job. Again, agility is a great um, outlet for them. Uh, 
but you definitely want to be prepared if you are looking at getting a dog from this group um, or any dog that is mixed with it. Um, you just want to be aware that these traits, these are genetics, and they're there, um, and you've got to find a way to meet them. So that's the herding group. Um, the hound group, this is a, a fun little group. Uh, the hound group, as you know, are, are hunting dogs. A lot of them use their noses. Uh, you have your sight hounds, um, but you, you also have the hounds that are using their noses like your bloodhounds. And um, a lot of these dogs are, they have wonderful stamina. I mean, they are meant to go, go, go. And, you know, so if you're looking for maybe a, a running buddy, maybe this is a good one because um, they have that stamina. But you also have to know that they are used to hunting. They have high prey drive. Uh, a high hunting drive. So you have to be prepared for that. You know, if you want a hiking buddy, I'm not sure if these are going to be the best bet. Even though they're great with stamina and they obviously love the woods, they're not going to be caring about your trail and going from point A to point B. They're going to have that nose working. They're going to be wanting to get off trail. They're going to want to find those wild animals. So they don't necessarily make the best hiking buddies. Um, but there's always the exception to the rule, especially with training. Uh, so what am I talking about with hounds? Well, I'm going to start with one of the most popular and one of my favorite breeds, and that's the dachshund. <laughs> A lot of people uh, forget that dachshunds were hunting dogs. Uh, they would hunt for varmint, and, and they would dig, and they would get those moles, and they would just really tear up your yard. That's what they were for. That's why they have the long bodies, so they could get down in those holes um, but their handlers st could still pull them out. And so dachshunds, even though that they've been bred as pets for, for many, many, many years, they still have some of those genetics there. So if you don't have a really good place to get that outlet, or if you have a, a yard full of moles, hey, get you a couple of dachshunds. They'll fix that, but you'll also have enough holes to break an ankle in. So you do want to realize that dachshunds, as small and cute as they are, uh, they're also... Um, a hunting breed and you'll want to find that outlet for them um, and they can be very vocal very vocal I'm sure that you have uh, recognized that um, but they're also very friendly curious very spunky they're fun uh, they can be big goofballs uh, you just have to be aware of those genetics that where they come from it is important to know that another one I'm starting to see a lot of are the Rhodesian Ridgebacks and the Rhodesian Ridgebacks oh man they are just beautiful dogs and I'm starting to see more and more of them um, they are very affectionate. Um, they're very even-tempered, um, but the problem is that they are very high arousal. They're very smart. They have so much stamina, um, and they're very strong, and, and not just strong physically, but mentally. That tenacity, that is some serious stubbornness there. Um, I do not recommend Rhodesian Ridgebacks for uh, the inexperienced dog owner. Um, I think that this is something you really need to do your research on, and you need to go ahead and have some plans put in place to ensure that you get the right training uh, and that you start the dog off immediately um, with the training. Otherwise, uh, you'll probably be um, wishing that you had um, gone with the dachshund instead, uh, but the Rhodesians are beautiful, but they are just, they're a lot. They are a lot to handle, uh, and you've got to make sure you make the time to give them what they need. And the last one I'm going to talk about in the hound group, because there's really, you know, there, I mean, obviously you got your beagle, your basset hound. I don't see as many beagles 
um, as pets, but the ones that are pets, people need to realize that they are still a hunting breed. Um, a lot of them still come from hunting lines. Um, and so they need to be prepared to meet those needs, know that that nose is going to be there, know that they're going to be vocal, know that they're going to be, um, you know, having that drive and that stamina. You just got to be prepared. You can't just go by how cute they are uh, because beagles are so super cute, but they are not necessarily the best fit as a pet. You have to be prepared for that. Um, but the last one I am going to talk about is the bloodhound. Obviously, you know the bloodhound is a hound. Uh, you see it uh, mostly in search and rescue. And um, I like to see these dogs working. I like to see them in, in doing search and rescue, some tracking. They are really great with their noses. Uh, probably one of the best out there. Uh, the, the unfortunate thing is I'm starting to see some of them uh, become pets. And they are just not meant to be just pets if you're not working them. So when I say just pets, what I mean is that they don't have a job. Uh, you, you know, feed them in the morning, you go to work, you come home, you take them outside, uh, you feed them, and you hang out in the house. These are not what bloodhounds uh, do. They need to get out, and they need to work, and they need to use that nose. And when they're using that nose, you're not around. Um, I think those ears flop down just to keep your uh, voice out. Um, in reality, uh, the bloodhound uses those ears to capture that scent. Uh, but they are a very independent breed. And um, they're very inquisitive. Uh, they are friendly, which, again, makes them really good search and rescue dogs. But they have um, a real streak of stubbornness. Um, and they're just not meant to just to hang out around the house. Even though you probably have seen some old pictures, some old photos of bloodhounds just laying on the porch in the country. Well, and those dogs can lay on the porch in the country because they probably spent all day hunting out in the woods. Um, and then they were just coming home for dinner. So that's some of the things I want you to think about for these two groups, the herding and the hound group. You know, again, they can make great pets. You just, I want you to be aware of what you're getting. And I want you to be aware of that some of the, your dogs have some traits that you're trying to fight and you're trying to work against. And you're trying to erase from them and you can't do it. It is their genetics. So you have to embrace it and you have to find out what level are they at and what can you do to help meet those needs. And if you can meet those needs, you're going to have a much happier dog and it's going to be a much happier home and you're going to be much more satisfied with the pet that you chose. So please think about it. Do your research and, uh, and really take away the cuteness and take away um, the fact that a neighbor, a friend, a family member has that specific breed and that, um, and that dog is so well behaved and that dog is so great and so good with the kids. Um, you know, they probably put a lot of work in or they may have just gotten really lucky. So do your research before you um, just scroll through the internet and thinking, okay, that dog is really cute. I want that dog. Uh, try to find out what that dog is and really understand uh, genetics with that dog and what those traits look like so that you'll be prepared and you can give that dog the best home possible. All right. I hope you guys have enjoyed the episode this week. Uh, if you have questions, don't hesitate. If you have any comments, don't hesitate uh, to reach out to us. Next week, um, we are going to talk about the toy group and the terrier group, uh, some of my favorite little dogs to talk about. And boy, they have a lot of energy, uh, but they can also be very cute and very fun. Uh, but again, small, but very powerful. 
So we'll get into that next week, and I hope you guys will join us. Please share the podcast so that others can be educated as well. And if you are listening somewhere where you can leave a rating, please give us a rating so that others can find our podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful and blessed week.